But you don't know me. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Veeps. I'm your co-host, Medusa. And today we have a very, very special guest, Alana's own Squishy Puss. I'm a very, very, I got an extra very in there. <laughs> you did. Like, I've earned it. I feel like I've, I feel like I totally earned that. Great. <laughs> so if you guys aren't familiar with Squishy Puss, he is a local artist here in Atlanta. He does some really iconic work. Um, it's very distinct in your style. And if you could describe kind of, you know, if you want people to be able to pinpoint you, what is your style? Well, I do a, I do a bunch of different characters, but the, the main one that I, I focus on is this pink French bulldog character. The idea was kind of like, uh, an eye-catching pink dog that I can kind of stretch and morph into all different things, whether mm-hmm. he be ice cream or I stretch him really long or I, I put a bunch of eyeballs on him or whatever that thing is and just kind of like explore that world. But I have a French bulldog, so that was kind of... I'm quite fond of that, the uh, That was kind of the inspiration. And so I just kind of ran with it and I try to make him look as cute and as tormented at the same time as possible. <laughs> so that's a very specific aesthetic yes. that you're going for, yeah. <laughs> and then all of my other characters also kind of share that kind of... I don't, I don't really play with them too much in that world. I just kind of like have them as these... Uh, as a like a little gang of of characters, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. so but what are the other kinda... characters? Okay, so I have a narwhal. Um, oh, right, yeah. I have a, a crying dinosaur. I really do like that one. Yeah, that's and that <laughs> that's like the that's the um, the the that's very very. Um, I don't know what's the word is it? I guess the word would be epitome of yeah. of the the cute but tortured. Yeah. Yeah. where he's just like. The tiniest little arms, and he's just crying. But it's like you just want to kind of like pick him up, but you know you're not going to be able to because he's a dinosaur. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I have a narwhal, a dinosaur. Who else do I admit? What do I? Else? I don't even know what I have. The best thing about the dinosaur though is yeah. that it's just this amalgamation of multiple creatures. It's not really <laughs> any specific one, right? And it just looks so pathetic. What? I adore that one. What? I don't even know what else I do. What am I, oh, I do a donut character. Oh. I do like a screaming donut. Um, and then right now what I'm really focused on is like coming out with the other characters are the other versions of my squishy puss character Mm. meaning that you know like I have this one that has like three eyes and he's given like an Atlanta A and like I have one that actually has a body Mm -hmm. like a little dog body now so I'm trying to focus more on that kind of stuff but um, I have a couple other characters that I want to do but I'm just kind of pacing myself so Mm -hmm. we'll see Mm -hmm. So very cool. So we'll, we'll kind of get back to some of the things that you're working on, sure. but um, I'm kind of really interested about, you know, where you came from a little bit. So did you always know that you were going to do this type of art? I mean, this is a very specific kind of aesthetic and style, right? So I will give you the long version of the story <laughs> since we have an hour to kill. Go right? for it. Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. I grew up right outside of, in a small town, right outside of Cincinnati, Ohio called oh. Florence, Kentucky. Right. I knew you weren't local. No, I'm <laughs> so um, I actually feel like I stick out like a sore thumb in Atlanta because it just I think it's 
getting weirder. There's a so, there's yeah. a vibe here. Like I feel more like I have like a West Coastish kind of vibe mm-hmm. than yeah. I do like a Southern. Like yeah. I don't know. So there's not a trace of draw there. Right. No. So actually, a lot of people will tell will will say that it sounds like my accent's like a very Northern like yeah. New York accent, and I go, I've never lived in New York a day in my life. I don't know. So. Either way, uh, Florence, Kentucky, and um, so if anybody's ever been to Florence, Florence, y'all, that's, we have a big ugly water tower there that says Florence, y'all, written across the top of it. It's really bad, but everybody knows it. Oh, wait, no, like seriously, it says Florence, No, it says Florence, y'all. y'all. Yeah, because basically, the story behind that, Wow. I'm already getting off topic, is that... (laughs) (laughs) um, there was a water tower. Water towers are government property, right? And so, because it was on the property of the um, uh, of the mall, <laughs> it was going to say Florence Mall, but they can't do advertising on government property, oh. so they changed it to y'all. <laughs> now there was a bunch of stories about like them running out of paint and not being able to finish the extra line on the M. So they turned. There's a bunch of like, but that's basically what happened. So anyway live there and Florence is basically a truck stop <laughs> like that's the that's the easiest way it's right. one of those towns yeah. that you pass through well, you're like who lives Never here stop, yeah. yeah it's it you you just you you stop because you need gas yeah. and maybe you're like right outside of a city that you want to so you're like oh we're going to stay the night in this crappy motel it's kind of one of those it's it's mm-hmm. very white sterilized suburban mm-hmm. safe yeah boring like right. I, I like to refer to those kind of environments as sterile or sterilized Cultural because vacuum. yeah because yeah. nothing grows there yeah no no you know it's yeah. like yeah so that's where I grew up mm. from a young age though and I don't know what this was just being in love with like Pee Wee Herman and just Oh my really, God, my boyfriend would totally drive with you on that <laughs> <laughs> he like took <laughs> out of Pee Wee Herman dude I I have, I have maybe, I have a really great Pee Wee Herman, not Pee Wee Herman story. <laughs> I will tell that like maybe later. Just remind okay, me about okay. it if we get there. It's, it's, uh, I'm it's, curious. It's pretty fucking interesting and, and it's actually very visual, but um, it's worth it. Anyway. I can definitely so. see the influence like in your work and your look though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, Oh God! There was this girl who was dressed up as Pee Wee Herman at Dragon Con, <laughs> and I thought she was the cutest fucking thing ever. Oh my God! She was anyway. So <laughs> back on. It sounds really weird, yeah. Florence, so Kentucky. I get I get I get scatterbrained. So I lived in Florence, Kentucky, and I got involved really early on with the punk scene. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. here's the interesting thing about me being involved in the punk scene is that in Cincinnati, which is was only like 10 or 15 minutes away. So it was yeah. cor- that was like my escape, my haven. Like I was like, I'm going to get out of this crappy little town as soon as I started driving. Mm-hmm. And I just would go there every weekend. Um, I didn't think I liked music until 13 years old because my mom was always playing Lionel Richie and uh, Air Supply yeah. and all of this really, really terrible stuff. And I just like, I just thought I didn't like music. And then <laughs> You're one- like, this is music, I don't like it. Right, then yeah. one day, one of my friends in uh, junior high was like, hey, have you heard this album? And it was Metallica and Justice For All. Mm, and that just one. was like this downward spiral of me just like, oh my God, what else can I absorb in this world? So I started getting into like metal. And then when I got into high school, I started getting into punk. A friend of mine made me a, a tape that had Dead Kennedy's Black Flag on it, mm. Descendants. And I just like went, and so then I started a punk band. And then that just, then I was like, oh, then I got into all those West Coast punk 
like bands. Yeah. And so I was like, well, fuck this. The second I get the opportunity, I'm moving to Southern California. Mm -hmm. And I realize now that that was me overcompensating for like in the, the world of, um, actually being responsible and trying to plan out my future and things like that. Like you wanted to run away. I was, I wanted to run away. So I overcompensated and moved the furthest I could to the other side of the country. Mm -hmm. And I lived there in in Southern California from the time I was about 24, no, 23 till I was like 27. Mm. So I moved there and instantly when I got there, uh, I met a girl and that's usually where, yeah. where how it starts, right? <laughs> yeah. I met a girl, and my friends were her friends, and we lived together. Mm-hmm. And I basically sold all my stuff because we didn't need two couches. We didn't need, you know, all, yeah. you know, we only had so much room. It's Southern California; rent's expensive. You can afford a shoebox right. for two thousand dollars a month. So, uh, eventually, one day she decided that we just were not going to work out, and so I got kicked out with nowhere to go because I had no friends. They, all my friends are her friends. And so Yikes. I ended yeah. up sleeping in my car. I ended up being wow. homeless in Southern California with no friends and at the same exact, and so it all just went down from there. So basically, because I had nowhere to stay, um, luckily the place I worked at, they had like a shower in the back. So I would sneak in there really early in the morning and I'd take a shower and then I and then I go sit in, after work. I'd sit in my car and I just like yeah. figure out what I was gonna do. Yeah. And the thing I figured out that I was gonna do was I had to to move back home. Mm. So I moved back home uh, to Cincinnati. And after being homeless in my car for maybe four, a little over four months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I just tried to so figure. You made it work for a while. I just try. I tried. Um, you know, and I moved back home. And I ended up sleeping in my sister. My mom had already converted all of our bedrooms into closets. Yeah. So I ended up sleeping basically, which was my, my sister's old room that had like my mom, my mom's clothes in it and everything. And I didn't have a bed. So it's like sleeping on the, I mean, it was like, it was, it was bad. They were just like, we don't, you know, you're just going to sleep on the floor or whatever. Yeah. So I did that until I was able to get a job working at uh, Hollywood Video as a store manager, mm-hmm. which is funny because I figured something out in that time period. Um, Desperation breeds creativity. Yes. And I decided to lie on my resume. I was like, well, like what, 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 I I don't know what else to do. Like I need money. Like, and so I did, I lied and I said that I would like, I've had store manager experience. They didn't do any background checks and I got a job as a store manager with zero experience. I didn't had no idea, which also might be why that company went out of business. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, um, here's, here's where, so let's backtrack a little bit on this because up until this point, the reason why I, why I got to where I was and the reason I, I got to that very, very deep, dark place in my life was because I was still living like I was in Florence, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, in the, and I mean that in the sense that my parents, my parents think that the Florence, Kentucky is the greatest place ever. And to some people it is, because that's what they want out of life. For myself, um, you know, I was still listening to their advice. You get a job, you work up yeah. the ladder, you stay late, you go in early, you stay late, you do all these things, and you'll work up the ladder, you'll make more money, and that's because that's how my dad did it, and that's yeah. how my, my parents' generation did things. Yeah. Yep. 
That's we've not all, that. We've all gotten that advice. Right. That's yeah. that's not that's not how things. It's not just Florence, Kentucky. That's right. Yeah. That's just advice yeah. from that generation, yeah. I think. And that's now why it kills me because it doesn't necessarily work that way it, anymore. I I I tell people that it a hundred percent doesn't work that way anymore, and that here's the, here's the here's the reality of that situation. Well, so with that with that in mind, uh, I tried it. I, I tried it again, but back home and. I kept seeing that through my in my the world of retail that like I would never get promoted. I always stayed late. It was always like you've never done enough. Mm-hmm. It was you're on salary and it was like it was just that reminder like every time that you know, I'm working really hard to make someone else money. Yeah. And that yeah. really like and here's the thing like if I'm working really hard and I go, "Hey, um I put in whatever. I don't know." If, I, if I'm working, I do, there, there are some di- days I worked 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. And then yeah. at the end of the quarter, when I'm like, they're like, hey, dude, congratulations, your store made an extra $200,000. I'm like, cool, so what's what's my bonus looking like? They go, oh, you didn't qualify. Or we don't have the money. And I'm like, my store made $250,000 this quarter. Yeah. I made this company like a million dollars for the year. You're telling me you don't have $1,000 for a bonus? Fuck off and so I decided I, I go really hate capitalism well you know what here's the here's the thing and I'll, I'll be honest about this I love capitalism but what what that is I don't think that's capitalism in the sense that it is look hmm if this podcast becomes wildly successful and you guys can make money off of it capitalism's great because the market is telling you you guys are fucking awesome yeah but yeah. but it's the abuse of capitalism mm-hmm. that's the problem right it's when yeah. these organizations yes. become oversized and it's it's just so completely and, intertwined. Right. But that's the beautiful thing about the internet is that we have a shot. We have a shot now with, with yeah. what you guys are doing here today. You're competing with NPR. Now, competition the same way that they have more you know, like a lot more, a lot more, a lot, yeah. yeah, a lot more attention. But what can this be like if you're? I mean, how many you've done? Forty episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, how 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 long of a time frame has that been in? Like since July last year. Okay, so what's it going to look like if you do this for like five, seven years, whatever? You know, if you're working, oh, know. you know, yeah. you can go, return, you could go, you can go to NPR and work, and they could be like, well, no, somebody else is going to do it. You know, you know, whatever. Then what do we care? But if you can sit here and do it for yourself, yeah. and then you can reap the reward for all that hard work, and that's where I, that's where I got to that place where I go, look, the hard workers right now, we have a real chance with the mm-hmm. internet. Like, it is our gateway to saying, fuck yeah. the man, like we can do this ourselves, and this is where capitalism will truly win, mm-hmm. I feel like, in this environment now, because we all have a say, we all have a shot. Where with the with, with corporations owning capitalism, mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. yeah, right, the, yeah. the game is fixed in that sense. The game's not fixed anymore. Mm-hmm. So I realized that why am I going to sit there and put my hard work, my energy, and my effort into making someone else money? What would it look like if I did it for myself? Yeah. So how so, did yeah, art fit into this? Yeah, yeah well, kind of, <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Okay. So art was later in the game for you, sounds like. I actually got kicked out of art class. I, I used to, by the way, let's go back to when I was nine years old real quick. Mm-hmm. I used to draw. Very, I actually bought a Nintendo because all the kids in my class when I was nine, fourth grade, they would all bring in their Nintendo books and they would all like 
draw the characters from Nintendo games that they bought. Oh, so, from the manuals. From, from the actual, yeah, from the manuals, wow. like the original Nintendo, right? And it shows yeah. you how old I am. <laughs> it's a hell of a console. Though. Right. <laughs> so I wanted a Nintendo for that because I was like, oh, those, those are the cool kids. Like, I want to draw too. And so then I actually played the games and I got into gaming as well. But I wanted it first so I could fit in with those kids and I could draw. What's your fave from that era? This is a very important question. I really okay. Like for, we're talking that that specific console. Yes. Um, I mean, Legend of Zelda is like number oh, one sure. for me. But um, I wish they would do more with the Mega Man franchise because I really love those games. Kid yeah. Kid Icarus. The Kid Icarus was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, Mega, uh, Mega Man, Kid Icarus, and man, Castlevania. Oh my God! Anyway, yeah, Castlevania is another squandered thing right now. Yeah, right. Konami's making them gambling machines. <sighs> so bad. <laughs> Nerdy detour. So, right. Okay. So, so because I had because I was I, I worked at that so long when I was a kid, and I was my drawings were really really crappy when I was a kid. But you know, people were like, oh, he's interested in it. let's let's you know whatever. So, you know, I, I got put into um, uh, art class. I took art one when I was in high school. And I got a B, which was great. And then uh, art two, year two came around and they were like, yeah, we're going to do landscapes and portraits and all this kind of shit. And it was stuff that I didn't care about. Mm. Yeah. So my B went to a D and then the third year um, I got kicked out mm. because I just didn't do any work because I didn't care. That's it's, my brother just changed his major. He like he did the same thing. He started as a kid drawing characters, comic books. He's loved comic books for his mm-hmm. whole life. And I mean, you can even talk to him about this, but I don't think he's come to that realization of like he just didn't like what they were making him do. What's he know? going? What's he going to school for? Um, he was an art major at Georgia State, yeah. and then he he was like, just, I hate this. Just like like math it's awful. now. Tell, now he's computer yeah. science and math. Okay, that <laughs> man. I, I I I like I I have a really. Um, terrible viewpoint on this and Mm -hmm. I I actually argue with people about this a lot unless you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor you should drop out of school there's no there's no I feel that it didn't really do much for me yeah there's no I've got a pretty useless (laughs) degree right now I can get an office job really easily you get a bunch of debt I mean like like I went from like it's funny because like I have zero years of art anything Mm -hmm. like I think if you want to become good at art specifically, you should go take a business class or a marketing class, yeah. and not and even in college. Just just take you yeah. right, because nobody buys artwork off of talent. Yeah, they buy it off of branding. branding. They've seen it yeah. before. They know the artist. Oh, like yep. that. That's what packs galleries. Like, oh my god, did you hear about this new artist? And they and then they want to own a piece because every all their friends are ta- talking about it. Yeah. It's branding. It's marketing. It's got nothing to do with talent. That's why Jean Michel Basquiat is uh, popular, and people look at it and go, "Oh, that's why people look at artwork and go, oh, I could do that.'" Yeah, you could make that. You could make something that looks like a Jackson Pollock, but can you do it long enough to develop a brand so that people mm. know your name and want to? Pr- That's where the struggle the work, comes in. Right. It's the work. Right. It's yeah. the the ten year struggle of doing it over and over and over again because you truly love it mm-hmm. and exposing it to the right people over a long enough period of time. That's why an, he's able too, to sell I mean, it. Right. It's more difficult because you as an individual are your brand too. For sure. It's, you can't separate. There is no separation. Just like you're finding a lot of success with the behind the scenes stuff. Like mm-hmm. people people want to know that, right? Like and that yep. that's it's all wrapped up into it. It's hard. It is hard. That's that's where the hard work that's the hard work right there mm-hmm. that people don't see. It's right. the ten year, twelve year, fifteen year struggle. Yep. Right. So um so because I didn't care about art. Um, I just, I got kicked out. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And I never did art again. That was 16. And then um, now fast forward to back to working at Hollywood Video. Uh, I started dating a girl. It always starts and ends with a girl, right? <laughs> um, started dating a girl and she was really big into, well, she wanted to do like this like kind of like very hippie granola clothing line and like brand of like certain things like pins and buttons and, and shirts and stuff. And I was like, well, I learned screen printing in high school. Mm-hmm. I hated it, but I learned yeah. it. Um, I was like, I could teach you how to screen print. She's like, mm-hmm. really? So I started helping her screen print her own shirts. And while I was helping her screen print her shirts, I was like, well, fuck, I'll do some. Yeah. So I started screen printing shirts too. That's what got me back into art. Well, because then, because that I, explains a lot about kind of your personal yeah. brand too, because you right. started from the get go from like almost like a consumer focused. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So because I was working in retail and yep. everything was merchandising mm-hmm. and P and L reports, profit yep. and loss reports and things like that. Like I was like, Oh, I know this information. I took a business class. Mm-hmm. It was called working in retail management for fucking <laughs> yeah. six years. Yep. I learned all, that's why I've been able, so with that knowledge, I applied that to doing art and I was like, oh, you should do it like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So I started doing screen printing or whatever and um, then of course her and I broke up and whatever, but I kept on doing it and I- <laughs> Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> Dude, we 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 got together and broke up like three different times. You can only be cheated on so much. Um, so time heals all sto- wounds. Story Ooh. of my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could like <sighs> put a yeah. No, on that. <laughs> look, I think she's a great person. I think she just yeah, she just wanted something different. So we didn't that. really know what polyamory was yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she ethically went about it. No, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so. Uh, where was I with that? Oh, so I kept on doing stuff, but here's, here's the problem because I was still in, I was living in Cincinnati at that time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's still a very conservative city. And I'm like, look, with well, the stuff that I'm doing with like, like punk, like, like doing like whatever, like with like punk music and, mm-hmm. and skateboarding and shit, it's just not very well received there. And I go, I, I have to move. I have to go somewhere else where this is. So I took a year and I just traveled to different places and figured out where I thought would be a good market for my stuff. I mean. That's brilliant. People don't understand. It's not just one thing that's gonna make you. It's not just, is my artwork good enough? It's who are you marketing to? What's the big vision? Your demographic. I mean, dude, I wanted to succeed so bad. I picked up all of my shit and I moved it to Atlanta. That's where I found myself. It's crazy to me that this is what you picked out of everything. Well, here's why. There's a couple things, and when you when you when you start going through, it's really a matter of making a checklist and going like, look, what's the what are the pros and cons, cost one. of living, accessibility, mm-hmm. like all that kind of shit. Like you know, I can move back to L.A. Great, but I tried it. I know the rent's expensive. Like, why don't I pick? You know, my, my thought process is, why don't I pick a small town that I can live in and if I can make it in that small, like that, not not that Atlanta is a small town, but it's- It kind it's, of has it's, that feel though. It's very- yeah. And for what you're doing, right. there's not a ton of people here. Yeah. You can be a big fish in a little pond. For sure. And if I can yeah. make it here, and then when the other big places call me, like then, and only then, unless I really love it, then I'll move. Yeah. The other perk was that my best friend, since I was 10 years old, lives here. Mm-hmm. So I'd been to Atlanta a lot. And so I'd- so, Knew it, yeah. 
Yeah. So like, you know, people think people have this idea that I got to move to New York or LA to make it. And I'm like, there's you haven't even you haven't made it where you are. Yeah. You haven't even become a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. Do that first. Yeah. And then if you can do that, then consider it. But I don't even consider myself like a big fish in a small pond. I, I consider I, I walk out I walk out my doors every day thinking nobody knows who the fuck I am, nobody cares. And that's what keeps me kind of humble to be able to go, how am I gonna prove myself today? And so there's certain people it's, it's at a point where people go, Oh no, no, like, um, I've made it now. I can, I can move to the the next big thing or whatever. And I just go, no, no, like I, like I still have a lot of work here to do. So, um, I love Atlanta. I think I'll be here for for a very long time. Um, but that's what, that's what kind of brought me here. All it it had the, just had the right combo of things. And not only that, but you look at like free art Friday, like when I, when I figured out free art Friday, I was like, holy crap, you mean I can go and there's a built-in customer base already? Yeah. Like we, the biggest free art Friday community in the world probably. And I'm like, okay, so we got that going on. I can mm-hmm. afford the rent. Um, I can transfer. I was still working at GameStop at that mm-hmm. point. I went from Hollywood Video once it closed to GameStop. And then um, I just- I can it, totally see that. I yeah. feel like right. I know. <laughs> it, had, it had all, well, I actually, when I worked for Hollywood Video, I worked for the Game Crazy side. Mm-hmm. Right. So then Game Crazy shut down, which was their version of GameStop. And then yeah. I went over to Hollywood Video and then Hollywood Video shut down. And then I went over to, then GameStop was just like, whoop, snatch yeah. you up. So um, the stars just aligned and it's all about making the right move at the right time with the right resources. And so I got here and I started screen printing and uh, I realized I fucking hate screen printing. <laughs> and like, because I was like, okay, well like, you know, I, you know, cause there's a certain point where I go, screen printing okay and it's screen printing in in cincinnati like nobody gets it here and i go okay well when i got here and people still didn't get it kind of and i saw like that i i that people could get it uh and i then i realized what the competition was like where there were like other screen printers already here who had been here for I don't know, 10 or 15 years that could like just way outdo me in the, in the world of cost yeah. and performance. I was like, Oh, I don't have a shot. Yeah. So I really have to do some work and it wasn't something I was like truly, truly passionate about. So not worth fighting for. No, for sure. So I thought there was like an easier way. Cause my, my thing was not to take on more. My, my goal in life is to do the most with the least amount. And that's the least amount of work, energy, effort, money, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, right. that's entrepreneur 101. Yeah. Right, like yeah. you just, you invest the smallest amount, you get the biggest return, <laughs> and then whatever you can reinvest, you do it. And you just keep doing that for years and years and years until you've just got this awesome fucking rad thing built up. And then it's like, then you're just a fucking dominant force. Yeah, and, that's and then just, it snowballs. For sure. <laughs> so that's where I kind of came from with, um, in that sense where I was like, okay, I can't do, I, I, I was still doing screen printing. I just knew I didn't like it in the form of shirts. Mm-hmm. So um, let's put that part of the story on pause and I'm going to actually go back into GameStop now because yeah, I was yeah. working at GameStop. I'd worked there for, I'd worked there for th- three years mm-hmm. and they fucking hated me. Like, because I'm, loud I yeah. speak my mind yeah. I don't care like I've found that I'm very good at business I just that's just something I'm I just I've, I've I don't know where where I got it I'm good at fucking I'm, yeah. I'm just good at it yeah and to help paint a picture what like time 
was uh, was this of GameStop? Was this? Yeah. Where? Uh, this was like six years ago. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we're talking PS3, Xbox 360 era. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Before digital was <laughs> yeah, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's the problem, right? That I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 sales were on the decline because they were five, six, seven years old at that yeah. point. And so everybody already ha- already has them. So the company was looking for ways to subsidize like the, the amount of money because because they're, you know, the, as far as investors go, they're not seeing that, that, that high dollar ticket item being purchased anymore. So the company, in my opinion, was trying to trick everyone uh, into, uh, by buying tablets. So they were buying and reselling like Toshiba tablets and they were trying to push I those. never noticed this. Right. Well, it died really, really quickly. And I called it because the guy goes, we're thinking about making your, uh, your, your, um, your store, a, a tablet store. This is the purchaser of, of whatever, remember what was some high up title. He goes, what do you think about that? I go, I think it's a terrible idea. And he was like, well, why? And I go, well, you want somebody to spend $300 on a tablet that plays eight to 16 bit games that they can download, which we get zero money for versus they can come in and buy a $250 console and we can sell them a shit ton of used games, which is where 40% of our, our margin is. Mm-hmm. You want to take that customer base away? Why, why would you want to do that? And why would, and, and these, these tablets, by the time we get them more, they're already outdated. They're outdated in six months to eight months. Well, that didn't end well. So I, I got, um, I mean, I just lit the dude up. I was like, I was, I was saying it's a, it's a catastrophe and I got reamed by my DM and my region, my regional manager and my district manager. They mm-hmm. just like, they took me in the back and screamed at me, told me that I was like stupid. I mean like, dude, the, the amount of abuse at that company. It's retail in general. Yeah. yeah. It's I, at that level. Yes. I've never been called stupid before. I've never been yeah. called like, I've never been, I've never just blatantly had somebody look at me and go, Hey, look, if you don't want to do the job, there's, there's like 20 other people that, that'll do it for you. And I'm like, you don't value me as an employee. And that's where the, 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 why am I working so hard for somebody who doesn't appreciate me when I can be doing this for myself kind of mentality really kicked in. So, um, I got fired (laughs) and for being right for, for, yeah, for, yeah. Being on the right side of history. Right. So (laughs) they, cause they don't sell tablets anymore. And that was just a bad idea. Now they're like half toy store. They, they, they asked, yeah, they asked my, they asked for my opinion which which is fucking crazy. You know the craziest yeah. part about that is that's what I told them they should be doing. I go, do you know oh. nerd culture is on the way? Yeah. You guys should be selling toys because I'm I'm a big toy collector. You yeah. guys should be telling selling toys and shirts. Those are high dollar margin, the high margin items. Mm-hmm. You guys should be, and now that's what they they sell. Yeah, and like, I'm like fuck you. Oh god. You go in there and you're <laughs> salty oh, about all the five nine right. Freddy stuff. It's so so that's so that's the other thing too is like yeah. when I know that I'm right about certain things I'm yeah. like why am I also giving my good ideas away to people who don't listen to me yeah what if I was no, doing these fair. things myself yeah. so now that's what I'm doing right mm-hmm. and that's also why I've seen a lot of people that are doing what I'm doing and this is this is the humble brag here mm-hmm. I, well maybe it's just the brag I don't know it's not very humble that's why um I've been able to do what I've done in a four year this I've only been doing this for four I started drawing again at four years. 
four years ago. Hmm. And for people that don't believe me, I actually found a notebook of shit that I was trying to, it looks like a five-year-old drew it. Like I was, I'm not talent. There's not some built-in talent. I just worked at it. That's like one of the biggest myths about art in general is that it's talent. It is not, it is a skill. Talent, there's a, I I think there's, I've I've figured out a mathematical formula for talent and it's just sucking sucking times X amount of years equals talent. You know what I mean? Like doing, doing times, doing, doing, right. Doing times five or doing times 10,000 hours equals talent, Mm -hmm. right? Sucking for 10,000 hours equals talent, something like that. Oh yeah. But that's what it, that's what talent is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's the repetitious work because you love it and you want to get better at it. It's I, I, I can, I, I, I give the, um, what's the word? Um, the example of a bodybuilder. Yeah. You would never look yeah. at somebody who's huge and muscular and go, that guy got there because he's talented. <laughs> no, everybody knows he's in the fucking gym twice a day, yeah. lifting hundreds of pounds for years and years and years. Yeah. That's how you get that big. And that's just the same thing with anything else. So anyway, so um, I got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where my true entrepreneurial spirit came out. Mm-hmm. I ran out of money, the little money that I had from getting paid from that awesome job <laughs> and uh that yeah burned through that real quick <laughs> right that five hundred dollars um yeah. so i burned through that and i was like i gotta fucking make some money yeah so i started dumpster diving and selling people's shit out of the dumpster on craigslist that's fucking beautiful right what? yep i started selling my own stuff first and then i ran other things that i could part with yeah and then i started dumpster diving and that I monitor, you wouldn't believe people throw away some great shit mm-hmm. and I was able to pay my rent and do all. And now granted I got into the 10 to 12, 12 hour a day work cycle where I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to start like really doing, I, I, had, I had no other option. So I started and, and it was funny, two things about this. One, when I started art, I started doing art. My, my best friend said, if there's anybody that's going to be successful at this, it's going to be you. There's, I don't know many people that would dumpster dive and resell shit on Craigslist. Yeah. Just to be able to pay their bill. Like nobody's, most people want to complain yeah. and they want to like, life isn't fair and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, I've, I've eaten shit sandwiches. I'm still eating them. Like nobody wants to do a lot of the crap that I do. Nobody wants to get up at like early in the morning or late at night and buff walls to, 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 to do mural events. Nobody wants to haul ladders around. Like I set all that shit up for all the other, for artists. Now I'm still eating shit in a certain sense. I'm mm-hmm. still doing the stuff that other people don't want to do, but that's, what's making me successful mm-hmm. is the fact that like, if you're doing the shit that no one else wants to do to get shit done, that's where magic happens. Um, so he said that, and then the other uh, the other aspect of the uh, the dumpster diving was that when he when he said that if anybody's going to be successful, this it's going to be you. Um, I also thought that uh, the reason why uh, I was dumpster diving was because I've experienced the bottom not only once, but now I was going back into it twice. Mm. Like I've already have reference for what it's like to not have anything with sleeping in my car. So I was scared being Mm -hmm. scared, like really will push you forward. So I was like, I can't go back to that ever again. I got to do whatever I can. So that was where I said, I I gotta, you know, whatever I got, I just got to make this happen. So, um, 
aside from selling shit on Craigslist that I was finding in the dumpster, um, I was also applying for jobs. It took me four months to find a job. This is when the economy was like, like it was kind of, kind of tipping up, you know, kind of, kind of going back up, but it still really wasn't there. It took me four months and it's really hard to get a job when you've just been fired because they call your previous employer and they're like, Oh, so yeah, man. So that happened. I went from managing a $2.5 million store to then managing a store that maybe did $100,000. It was a mom and pop, uh, phone repair store. Mm. There was a lot of downtime, a lot of me not being able to like just nothing to do. So naturally, because I had all this time freed up from not working these 12 hour days and getting yelled at and being stressed out and just wanting to go home and sleep, I just naturally started doodling again. Mm -hmm. And this went on for like a month or so. And finally I was like, I want to, I want to draw something like, like for real. Like I want to, like, what's a, what's a thing? Like, what can I, what can I draw? So I was eating a burrito at Chipotle and I, I had the bag and I cut the bag open and I drew and I, I man, one day I want to get like some kind of like deal with Chipotle. <laughs> like that would be the best. That's when, I love working this into my story. I cut the Chipotle bag open and I, I opened it up yeah. and I drew my, my French bulldog. So I have a French bulldog named Spanky. And Great I, name. Yes. From the Little Rascals. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I drew him on the bag the best I could really bad. Um, and then I did, I really was like, I can't fuck with the dog body. I don't know. This is going to be bad. So I decided, well, I'm going to mash him. And, and then in the, in the spirit of like Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, because I love mutants and stuff. I was like, I'm going to draw him with an octopus body because tentacles are really easy to draw. It's just, you know, yeah. two points being connected. That's it. And so that's where the, that's where he came from. And I cut him out and I went home that night and I bought, um, uh, wallpaper paste and I wallpaper paste, I used wallpaper paste and I, I pasted it up on an electrical box near my house. The next day people were already taking pictures of it and posting it on Instagram with who is this? Like my, like people that I knew. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, that's fucking crazy. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to go to work. I'm going to eat more Chipotle and I'm going to cut another bag open and I'm going to draw more shit. And I just kept doing it over every day at work. I draw a new thing and I'd go out that night and I'd paste it up. And that's how this started again. And the rush of people like rec- having recognition and people being like, oh, we love this thing. And then the mystery of it all. And like, yeah. wait, where should I take this? Yeah. That just snowballed. And then uh, the one of the girls, uh, one of the girls that does Free Art Friday Law, well, she she moved recently uh, a couple of two years ago. She reached out and goes, hey, if you ever want to do this on wood, I can I can help you out. Mm-hmm. She, she'll, I'll cut them out for you if you draw them. So I did. And then because I want to work, 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 um, I was like, oh, she's taking too long. I'm buying my own scroll saw. So I bought my own scroll saw and I started doing it myself. And then I started screen printing them because I was also doing screen printing at that time. See where everything's coming together? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing screen printing. So I was like, well, I can probably do, and instead of doing them by hand, I could probably just screen print a bunch on wood. Yeah. And then I realized I hated screen printing and now I just print them right on wood. And it's just, so it's just a snowball and just like how, like going back to how to get the most out of the least amount yeah. of money and effort and energy. So I just, I've just refined my process over the last four years, mm. all the while still drawing and then anything else I needed. I was like, oh, well shit, I'd kind of like to turn this into a video. I guess I'll learn video editing. And so I learned video editing and oh wait, well I need to do flyers for like, an, I want to do an event or I want to do an art show. I need a flyer. 
I don't know how to make a flyer. Oh, I guess I'll learn Photoshop. And so literally it was like sitting in my studio or sitting in my, my apartment while I was like, all my friends were out riding bikes mm -hmm. and going to the bar and doing all that kind of shit. I was like sitting in my apartment learning Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, yeah. After Effects, learning how to sketch digitally, learning and just, and that became my new girlfriend <laughs> like that became my you know what i, I mean like know that my new best friend like yeah. like learning mm -hmm. and like and then getting to the point where people go oh what school did you go to i go i didn't so going back to the whole like why i feel like you drop out of school because people who go to school they learn how to do something for four years and then they got to get out and out in the real world and then they got to do it for four or five six seven ten years meanwhile if you just start doing it you're going to learn. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm already further. You're getting, people are getting out of college and I'm four years ahead of them and I just started doing right. So that's kind of, that's where I came from and how, how I got to this point, the long winded version wow. of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a look, it's a lot of failure yeah, and a lot of self realization into mm -hmm. What am I good at? What am I? What do I know I'm bad at? Mm -hmm. And where where does my passion lie? Yeah. And I'm willing to fail at something over and over and over again that I'm passionate about. And there are certain things I'm not willing to fail at. But I somebody recently was like, you should start doing. Um, what do you call that when you do a oh, shit? When you do like a a proposal? There you go. You should do proposals for like the Beltline for like the, all the art stuff they have going on. And I just go. No. I don't like doing proposals. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do things that are going to make Doesn't me hate. Doesn't play well with others. <laughs> right. It's, I'm not going to do things that make me hate yeah. doing artwork. Yeah. I'm not going to do something that that puts me in the world of rejection. If I want to do something for free, I'll do something for free and I'll let the people that love what I do come to me, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do a, put, put a proposal out to have someone to go, uh, you're not good enough or we're not, you're not what we're looking for. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. fuck. I mean, I've even had people that hit me up and go, Hey man, we love what you do. Can you do a proposal for us? And I go, no. Either you want me or you're not. So you know, getting into like that world. This wor is it. You see it. You, yeah. you yeah. see what it is. Either you want yeah. it or you don't. And so like I'm, I've been very, very big about um, now just doing the things that I want to do, mm -hmm. and will, and I'm, and, and realize that I'm willing to do those for ten to twelve hours a day, as opposed to like doing some things I don't want to do, but that might get me to a certain place, but I'm gonna hate it the whole way, like. Fuck that crap. The other thing that I want to say about school real quick. Just That's, to, for the record, though, your point and hold on to that point. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to get to it. But you're this is so different than what a lot of other entrepreneurs are saying. Yeah. You know, right. like you're saying I'm not doing the shit that I don't want to do. Like right. you're like, I'm leaning into the shit that makes me happy and the shit that I know I'm good at. Right. A hundred percent. Everybody else is mm -hmm. saying you've got to grind through all of the other stuff. Right. right? So it's a pretty big and radical notion in self-care, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to do it for your own I feel own, like most of my life, as, a, like a, as an entrepreneurial person, I feel like that's my biggest time suck is me trying to get better at the things I'm not good at, right? Because you so, want to get good at them? I mean, well, or no, because you, I feel like I have to. Like, that's the that's the difference, right? It's it's radical in that people aren't saying it, but it's very logical and straightforward and something we should have been saying, I feel like. A lot of times, we're so affected by we're so affected by how our friends and family are going to judge us that we don't want to, we're, 
we're much more comfortable standing still yeah and not doing anything than making the leap forward yeah mm-hmm. i mean i can't tell you how many people talk shit oh i got the i got the fucking story right now oh my god i got the story talking shit about okay. you this is I got I got, I get a couple stories of people talking shit about me. But first I want to get to the, the thing about real quick about the yeah, um go for it. About school. Who is going to be a better basketball player at the end of four <laughs> years? Yeah. Somebody who reads about basketball players or somebody that goes out on the court and fucking plays basketball every day for yeah. four years. Yeah. Right? You one person it, you can read about basketball players and do research and, and, and do papers on basketball players for four years. And if you want to become a basketball player, you get out of school, you have to go and now play basketball. Why don't you just start doing that from the beginning? So yeah. that's my thought. If you can, if you can get and and then and to, to to the opposite point, somebody can sit there and go, Yeah, well, I do graphic design and I make sixty grand a year and you only make fifty-five thousand. So I make more than you. I go, Yeah, but you got a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. So I yeah. make like twice what you make. Mm-hmm. I think one reason that college gets pushed as hard as it was is because the, it used to not be as cost prohibitive. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that it just rose well, up. It didn't really gain any more value with that price hike. And the, I mean, now the, we got these useless degrees and I'm going to be in debt till I'm dead. The, the, I have a really bad... Yes. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. In debt forever. <laughs> the, yeah. The, 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 the problem with a lot of this is, is that, and I have a really skewed view on this, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't care either. The government. I, I'm a I'm a libertarian, like hardcore man. I can like tell. Yeah. people. Free market. Free market. Yeah, free market. <laughs> yeah. If you know, if you put in the twelve to fifteen hour days and you're successful, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, if you have some shit you want to do in your life, as long as you're not doing, you know, hurting anybody else, go for it. Like I feel like all drugs should be legal. The whole deal. The yada yada yada. Yeah. Like really like freedom, man. We should all be free to just do our own thing and 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 love each other and fucking have a great time as long as we're not hurting anybody else right so i just feel like when the government got involved in education because they're like we want to make education forever so we're gonna and they just i the education bubble is the next thing to burst for sure like when that happens holy fucking shit it's going to be madness most of my friends in that industry are like real scared of what's happening right yeah. now like it's it's pretty dire yeah I mean, and there, there's, it's interesting. There's, there's a, a new college that's actually college format that's opening up where, and I think that they're in the very beginning stages of college is free, but once you make over X amount of dollars a year, you give them like 10% of your, of whatever you make, Yeah. but it's in their best interest to get you a lot of money to make yeah. get you a lot of money per year so they can make their money back on the education. So I'm like, oh, okay. So people are already playing around with the format, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think when when colleges... I when would that, love that format. <laughs> like, holy shit. Right. When the, when, I think when the bubble bursts, then that'll be a really great opportunity for, the, for that kind of thing. But, um, oh God, I was going to say, oh, so my story. I was... Um, I was dating... I, I was yeah. date, I was dating this girl and she... Uh, I was because going back to like doing your thing and whatever makes you happy and, and the outside influence of your your family and your friends. Because the thing is, is like this is a this is a hard pill to swallow. You gotta really take inventory of who you're hanging out with. For sure. The most most of the time, the people around you do not want you to succeed. 
They think what you're they think what yeah. you're doing is dumb. Or they think it's threatening kind of their infrastructure. For sure. Their, yeah. A hundred percent. So I had this girl I was dating. It always starts and ends with a girl. I was dating a girl. <laughs> I was dating this girl. And it was at the exact time I started all this shit. And um, I had, I was going around putting up stuff or whatever. And she was telling me it was dumb. And we eventually broke up. And two weekends ago, she and her new boyfriend showed up at an art show I was doing. And her boyfriend bought $300 worth of artwork off of me <laughs> right in front of her. And I was like, little win. It's a little win. <laughs> so good. So um, I don't know how you could be more vindicated, actually. Like, I would feel... Like, that's like yes. the perfect... Right. It's the, the just... Yeah! It took... For, like, that's... That, then that, that, is like, that is like this thing, this mantra in the back of my mind. When somebody goes, that's dumb, that won't work, da, da, da. I'm like... It'll take four or five years, but I swear to God, I will prove you fucking wrong. Like, yeah. I love that un- being that underdog mm-hmm. and going like, oh, okay, I'm actually, I'm still, this is how much I'm now rallying against the, the things that people say. I am on, a lot of what I'm doing now is on a time crunch because I'm trying to prove my dad wrong. Hmm. Hey. I had this conversation with my dad and this is when I moved back back from um, Los Angeles mm-hmm. and we're having a conversation about marriage. He was trying to give me advice on what I should do with my life. And he basically said that, you know, I need to think about settling down and get her and getting a, getting a job and working the ladder. And, and I said, I made the comment. I was like, I don't know if I ever want to get married. He's like, why? I was like, I was like, I can just live with somebody for the rest of my life. Like, I have a very Buddhist yeah. philosophy about that, that kind of stuff. It's like, look, you, you, you do your, you're just with, whether you're, you're with somebody for four months or 40 years. Yeah, you're along for the ride. You're, one day it ends. Mm-hmm. It just ends. And marriage is not going to help that or hurt that. It's just whatever. Yeah, a little bit and, more difficult to get out. Right, yeah. right, right. I know it's going back to the debt thing. I know a lot of people that have, that are, you know, gotten a lot of shit for that. So anyway, I just looked at my dad and I said, and some of this was me being young and just whatever. And I was like, I don't know if I ever want to get married because, you know, I don't know if I want to position myself where, you know, 50% of my money can be taken away if I get divorced, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a very, very strong concern for me, yeah. depending on who you marry. My dad said 50% of what you don't have anything. Oh. And so I said, yeah, Things but you do, words. I know I said, but you do realize that most people don't make their money until they're in their forties, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 37. I got three years. <laughs> I got three years to show, and and I will say this, my dad for the last four yeah. years has done nothing but talk shit on me. Like people that were proud in, in my, my, my dad's little neighborhood were just like, oh, did you see that, that, that mural that Ray did? Well, yeah, who cares? You didn't get, it's not like you got paid for it. Oh, guess who's getting paid now? Because like, yeah. I, Cause now I am. Yeah. And that's not to like, that's not to brag about like my money situation, but that's just like, I like being the underdog. I like going like, yo, that's what you think about me? Like That's such a small view on it though. Like <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter because it didn't make money. No, there's so many things. What about that, quality of life, right? I mean, yeah. But also like think about just gestures of goodwill. Like you don't make money on that stuff. Does that make that intrinsically worthless? Like you're right. There's just a fundamental flaw in that logic. For sure. Well, you know what it, I know what it is. Christmas and I, is bullshit. You don't make any money off that. <laughs> 
I know what it is, and I've realized it um, within the last year or so. Mm. My my dad, I saw my dad go to work for 12, 13 hours a day. Yeah. Every day. He'd get home. He was so tired. He would drink in front of the couch. And my dad made a, my dad made a good bit of money. I mean, my dad was a very, very successful man. Mm-hmm. He, he served in the Marines. He did, he did the whole fucking thing. But he paid his dues. He fell in line. He, he did. He worked up the ladder. He was very, very successful. And he hated every fucking day of it. And because of that, I don't really have a really strong relationship with my dad um, in the sense that... Because you bucked it and you yeah. didn't have to. He, he, yeah. he, he slept. He, you I mean, have he, chosen to be happy. Yeah. He slept in a, in a room 10 feet away from my room when I was a child. And I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with him during that time period because he was either always at work or he was exhausted in front of the TV just drinking beer until he passed out. And You know, he was a, I don't know, he's probably a functioning alcoholic at some, at some point. But he, he was a workaholic and he was medicating himself through alcohol. And he hated that. And to see him, to see me having a shot at getting both, being happy and doing something I love, now things have changed in the last six months. Mm-hmm. He's he, coming around. He's coming around. He gets it. But but, but he probably had to confront that, you know, and yeah. that's right. such a deeply rooted thing for my parents. I think I think I'm very blessed in that with my parents, my dad went through that. Sure. And he hit that wall and when my parents got divorced, he he lost everything. He lost his job. He lost I mean, and he was very, very, very successful businessman. And then he became an entrepreneur. Sure. And he was like, fuck this shit. Like I can't I'm not doing it for somebody else anymore. He had that like realization. So I had that example, but most people in their generation didn't. They just didn't, you know? There's this weird Like my grandparents don't get it. They did the same thing with him. Right. You know? There's this weird notion that you have to do things for other people. It's weird. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a contradiction here. <laughs> yeah. That you have to do things for other people to be successful. Yeah. Right. But which I do believe that actually. Mm-hmm. But not when it benefits someone else. So Strictly, going yeah. right. So going to a company and working for somebody else to make them successful. Mm-hmm. Why well, just go? It, it's it's a harder road. Mm-hmm. But you know what? For the first time in I don't know if you guys know about this. Mm-hmm. Retail stores are closing left and right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to recruit and we would call into stores like chains when they were going out of business and I recruited retail. Yep. It's like right now, their retail is on the decline. Mm-hmm. Opening up a store is not a good. And do you know why? Because of the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people can just buy their shit online. There's no real reason to do that anymore. So <clears throat> the nice thing, excuse me, the nice thing is that people are finding out that they can do things themselves and be successful at the, at it because we have a shot now with the internet mm-hmm. where it's like, if I want to go buy a knife set, oh, I used to go to a retail store and go, oh, what? let me compare. Now you just go online and you're like, oh shit, I can get a really cheap one on Amazon or oh, this is this fucking guy that's making handmade knives. Yeah. Just, they're 10 times more expensive, yeah. but I got the money and I want something that's gonna last forever and not something with a plastic handle. I'm buying it. And, sh- yeah. and that guy just is grinding it out and is like, man, it's We're fucking beautiful. The, the craftsman again. It's beautiful. Like a whole resurgence For sure. of that. Yeah. I think 100%. the only time I get specialty goods that aren't online is there's a game store I go to, but that's because it provides a space for board for games. Sh- for stuff. sure. That it's less the items and more the space that's important yeah, there. Yeah, it's more of the community that comes Culture. With that. Because 
mm-hmm. with specialty items, why the fuck are you going to go to a store? Well, on you that wanna... note, yeah, like... With Basic their... items. I don't want to go to the store. I bought all this shit that my whole studio I bought sure. on sure. Amazon. Yeah, and just delivered right to your house. Yeah. But to, to your point, culture is huge, and that's why I'm always doing events, because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm building culture on top of my art career. I'm building... I'm trying to include multiple different things in there. And I did a, like an Easter egg hunt like a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm giving things away for free because, you know, I, saw I, that, yeah. I believe that I, I think because that's part of the culture. It's mm-hmm. part not not this culture of like everything's for free, but it's building awareness. It's it's right. giving it's like to people. It's doing some legwork for back, you. Yeah. Yep. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's giving. It's just it's just giving. And like, I really feel like if you can give. And in the world of art, um, that is very frowned upon, actually, mm-hmm. because really? people want giving. I feel like it hurts the value. Yeah, they go, yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. somebody once said that to me. They go, oh, don't give too much away. I bought a painting from you. I want the value to go up. And I go, I hope you bought that painting because you love it, not because you're going to resell it. Mm-hmm. If you bought it because you're going to, you want to resell it one day, you're a dick, and I don't, I don't want you as a customer. <laughs> like I don't want that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, your your fan base, your customer base, are people who believe in what you do. Yeah, yeah. and they're like into you and your brand. And For everything, sure, so. I, that, that's what I want. And those, I'm all about attracting the kind of people that I want. And if you don't, if you're not mm-hmm. into that, now to that point, attracting attracting the right people. I also, I also attract a lot of the wrong people. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to quite say this. So. uh I won't use any names in this story. So Gertrude had a meeting with Tim, Mm -hmm. a little little sit down situation. They just like were hanging out as friends. And for some reason, my name got brought up. Mm -hmm. Hmm, Let's back up. (laughs) There there is a vibe in Atlanta where a lot of people love what I do, but there, like any thing in the world, there's a hierarchy Mm -hmm. and I have realized that a lot of people in this city do not care for me. Now, and I've realized this situation early on, and I and I, I believe that the reason why um, a lot of these people don't care for me is because uh, I'm blazing my own path, and I've ki- I've kissed no one's ass, and I've not been like, can I get an art apprenticeship through you, or can I can I shadow you? I want, and I've not gone through the the normal channel and a lot of people don't understand why I've been able to get further than them in such a small amount of time. I've been doing art since I was in high school and for 15 years and da, 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 and this guy's been doing it for four and he's already like blazing past me. The thing is you're not preventing them from following doing yeah no you're not getting big or you don't seem like the gatekeeper type at all so i'm a i'm a big believer that if you want to you know whatever if you want to grow your own garden you you grow your own garden and you that's your fruit yeah like i'm not going to go and trash your garden because i don't want i don't want you to have any Mm -hmm. vegetables or whatever right right like i'm growing my own garden yeah like if you you want to, I'm busy. <laughs> right. So um, there's a, there's a, um, Gary Vaynerchuk says, um, you know him? Yeah. Gary, Gary? Yeah. He says, uh, if you want to build the tallest building, you, you do it by building the tallest building. You don't, you don't wreck other people's buildings. Yeah. You don't tear theirs down. No, it and takes like, too much time. Right. For sure. So, um, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, I play by that, that, that mindset. Yeah. 
And uh, a lot of people don't understand. They just, so, so uh, Gertrude and who? Tim. Tim had this meeting and I'd realized <laughs> that things, yeah, who had, uh, I realized that, that things were of that, that mindset for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was confirmed that a lot of other artists don't care for me, I should say, because um, I'm a businessman, not an artist. I don't think it like devalues the artistic value of work. I have a very strong opinion on that. Yeah. The only thing that devalues your your product, um, you know, there's a couple things. It's really supply versus demand, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you create one piece of artwork, just one your entire life, and everyone in the world wants it, you'll get a lot of money for it. If you if you create a hundred pieces of artwork, which is still isn't a lot, or if you create one piece of artwork and no one wants it, then it's not worth anything. It's only worth what people are willing to pay for it. And for myself, the way I look at that is I go, there are, what are we at, seven billion people in the world Mm. or whatever? Like, trust me, the only thing that's going to devalue your product is if you're not good enough and no one wants it. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing. There's seven billion people. Who are, if you create enough awareness, like your value, it's just if your if your product isn't worth anything, it's because not enough people know who you are. That's it. That's yeah. that's the way I view it. So, yeah, there. I have a very different. You know, you think about something like Nintendo, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Nintendo Switch came out. I got one. Thank God. It's fucking. Cannot find oh my one. God. You can't find one, right? Nintendo's a huge fucking company. Huge, ginormous. They still can't keep up with the demand, right? The Nintendo Switch will, I mean, you could sell those things for twice what they're worth. Mm-hmm. But there, so, you know, there's this, there's this whole thing. There's a lot of like making excuses for why shit is the way it is instead of just like people, just work pe- with it and do people want to complain more than they want to fucking work. And that's what, that's the difference between me and most other people is like, I'll complain. I love complaining. But I also like to, I like to spend, I I still like to spend 30 minutes bitching about something and complaining and like really like, and then go on like, and cause then you find the answer somewhere in there and you go, okay, I understand the problem. I, it goes back to gaming. I consider myself a good problem solver because I've been playing video games since I was a little kid. It's crazy how much it actually helps. (laughs) It, It is because somebody who's not a gamer will come in and like maybe like watch me play a video game and they're just like how the fuck did you figure that out and I go I just kind of know yeah. the universe know like I kind of we're communicating in a yeah. way like they're saying like this is the this is the the the, the kind of the world we've set up and we're and so but you you're able to understand those kind of things after a, maybe an hour or two of playing a game because you understand the communication between you and the developer. It's yeah. re- it's a really weird thing to talk about, but I mean, so it's I, rare I, that they're like game stopping puzzles and things outside of like point and click adventure games. And sure, that's that's the actual game in those. Right, right. So, so I think that that's like kind of um, I like to complain, but I also like, like to, to figure out I'm complaining because I want to figure out what the answer is yeah. Yeah. like I'm trying to work it out in my head a little bit and I just feel like there's like there's there's more complaining now than there is actual doing out of a lot of people like instead of going like I know that the reason why it was said that I'm more of a businessman than I am an artist and that, that I'm not that good or talented and 
it's because like they don't understand why I'm getting maybe further than them or they don't understand they don't understand why everybody's like won't shut up about me but the reason why sometimes people you know they want to hire me for things is because like I genuinely care and I'm empathetic yeah. towards the people that give a shit like yeah. I had this realization about six months ago no fuck maybe it was back in February, like two months ago oh, I was God. yeah I don't know it's been a long two months dude, dude I, you would I was scrolling through my Instagram and I was like yeah I did this thing like a couple like a little while ago and I was I'm like holy shit I do a lot like yeah. it was like you know it was only like maybe a couple months ago but it was <laughs> she was looking that, through that your Instagram the, she was like fuck this guy's busy dude <laughs> the research but you yeah. know what the, the, the craziest part is is like I am not to tie those two things together about being busy and do people do you feel busy yes I mean I'm literally working 12-15 hours a day every fucking day whether it's editing videos for the podcast, booking yeah. guests, doing whatever it is, um, emails. I mean, I got fucking emails and shit for commissions that I haven't even responded to in two days because I just, whatever, but I'm trying, I'm desperately trying to get to that shit. Yeah. The difference between me and why a lot of other people maybe don't prefer me or the way I do things is I don't, I don't look for opportunities, I create them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I create opportunities by creating culture by giving more than I receive, yeah. by genuinely being empathetic to the people that give a shit about me. And this is where I came up with the realization. I was sitting there painting this mural and uh, a couple of months ago and I was like, God, I can't wait till I'm done with this thing so I can like post it and just kind of get some feedback on what people think about it because I was excited about it. Yeah. And I was like, I'd love to post something now, but oh God, people are going to show up and I just want to paint. And something kind of clicked in my brain and I said, I'm a fucking asshole. (laughs) You're telling me that if I posted a picture right now and somebody took time out of their day to show up and want to meet me. And be a part of your process and be there, yeah. That I'm like, ugh. (laughs) Oh, I'm a dickhead. I realize that I'm an asshole. And I said, no, 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 no. No more of this. I'm going to post this picture right now. I'm going to tell everybody where I am right now. And I'm going to tell people that they need to come and hang out with me Mm -hmm. and I will give them free shit. You would not believe how much my world has changed in that one realization. Yeah. And how much you have to give a shit about the people that give a shit about you. You have to give a shit more about them than they give a shit about you. And I've just realized, like, I want to know people's names. I want to, like, and once I've realized that, like, once I realized that I have to, like, I, I'm, I've been doing this to connect with other people, it just, it feels good. Mm. It feels good. And I'm not, I don't, if there's a, there's, there's something selfish about it. There is something selfish about giving, but I like it and I don't care. Cause like it feels good to give to people and to make connections and to genuinely have people around you that, that you care for and they care about you. Yeah. So I had that realization in that moment and I've just, it, I've just rode that wave now. I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I want to give more. I want to do more. And, um, yeah. I, and through that I'm creating opportunities. I'm not waiting for opportunity. Well, I don't get the opportunity to do things. I don't get the opportunity for X, Y, Z. It's like create them, mm-hmm. make them start reaching out to people, start doing things. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Damn. <laughs> I just need to like take a moment to let that sink in because you just said some hard truths to me that I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> if you are yeah. not receiving yeah. what you want out of life, you need to start giving more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's better to give than it is to receive. We've heard that since we were five, but yeah. how many people are living it? I realize that if I'm sitting around being like, oh, I want this thing, and I don't get that thing, it's just up to me. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. what am I? Because you were all afraid. Like, like if I if I if I pass by you on the street, or if I see you eating somewhere, or whatever is going on, like, and I like your Deadpool shirt, it's very very hard. It, I would feel uncomfortable going like, dude, your Deadpool shirt's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. or to talk about just to walk up and start talking to you about Deadpool. You're like, who the fuck is this guy? This is talking <laughs> about. I don't even know. There's a there's a weirdness there. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is. And especially as an artist or as a or, or whatever it is just as a person like we have never met before today mm-hmm. but i can sit down and feel totally comfortable and we'll leave here with like knowing each other mm-hmm. and like maybe seeing each other and and, and like what and, and like be like oh, whatever and mm-hmm. geeking out we're we're connecting over this yeah, thing absolutely. and this over is a shared project or something that we care about yeah it's cre- and we're creating opportunity through this connection and you just have to figure out how you're going to connect with people. And mine has just been giving things away to people yeah, giving. Sure. And because if I don't know somebody and I walk up to them and go, if I were to walk up to you and go, Hey man, your Deadpool shirt rocks. I want to give you a free piece of artwork. That means a lot more than connection. Just, yeah. yeah. There's and I reason and there's yeah. right. And then and there's something between us that we can connect over. Oh cool. You're, you do this. Yeah. What do you, blah, blah, blah. And then you're, you're talking as opposed to me just like sitting down and just randomly starting to talk, you know? Yeah. So, I found that giving that the, the the process of giving breaks down some kind of weird barrier, and you doing that first allows really gives, you. Yeah. yeah, man, it's powerful. It's yeah. so fucking powerful. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of that's incredible. So yeah. <laughs> so you are an artist, but it's almost like your true like media is really or medium, I should say, is really just like your network, your people, your connections, yeah. like your the community that you're building, like you've streamlined the actual art that you make a lot. It sounds like. I think the idea behind it is make things that you love and don't be an asshole. (laughs) Those are words to live by. If you can get good at your craft, like sometimes you're one or the other. You got to really do a, a, you got to really check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I listen to this podcast. This podcast is really good. Like the format's good, the quality's good. You do a lot, a lot of hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing about that is, your podcast could suck, yeah. and you could be a really good person, and that doesn't mean shit. You got to. Or you could be your podcast would be fucking awesome, but you're a complete asshole. You're not going to succeed. Yeah. The problem is there's some that I can't listen to for that very reason. <laughs> I mean, I even get just so burned out on them. I'm like, all right, I get it. You're tough. Like, but but even but even this, like, think about this. We get together and we're doing this. Okay, awesome. But then as soon as the microphones are off, if you're just like, okay, whatever, blah, like you're being like rude. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be like, oh, I want to. What a piece of crap. Like, I don't want to do her podcast. I'm not going to like promote this. You know what I mean? Yeah. The problem is, or the, the not the when, problem. When you participate in something, you are hitching your wagon to theirs. Sure. Like you are a part of whatever they're creating. So right. you do, you have to think about that stuff. Yeah. But if you're talented mm-hmm. and you're not an asshole, the funny thing is, if there's a lot of people that do that Yeah. and they're, that's great. 
The problem is, is they're not patient. Mm. Yeah. Yep, that's my biggest weakness. It's it's be a good person. Yeah. Find ways. You gotta really don't be a good person just to trick people or whatever. You, yeah. you really you gotta do some soul searching. You gotta figure out. Be a good person. Whatever it takes do, to get you to that good person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whether that's getting negativity out of your life. Yeah. Whether that's finding happiness through just like whatever it is through some certain project therapy I'm here figure that out first mm-hmm. because you can have the best shit ever and if you're if you suck as a person mm-hmm. no one will want to work with you yeah. now the problem is is that you have to put that under the umbrella of being patient for years and i like to say that i'm the most impatient patient person ever whereas when i have a good idea i want it done now i want to finish it this week i want to be proud i want to hold on i want mm-hmm. i want to whatever i want to move forward right but i'm also the most patient where i realize i'm going to do that for 10 15 20 cuz what else what are your, what's your other option mm-hmm. a lot of people want to make a million dollars and they go ah i made a million dollars and now i can retire and it's like yeah well what are you going to do with the rest of your life you're just going to like lay around and be bored you're going to be miserable the peop- <laughs> the reason people make a lot of money and they're not concerned with money is because they love what they do every single day and you look at a lot of these guys that are like a lot of these actors like morgan freeman or whatever i don't know morgan freeman how old he is like 75 something like that you're like Come on, man. Does he really need some more money? Why is he doing that new movie? And you're like, he likes acting. Yeah, maybe because he, he picked this for Right. He picked yeah. that. That's why he's also successful yeah. as shit yeah. at it. Yeah. He doesn't need the money because he doesn't care about the money because he likes acting. Yeah. And that's what you have to find. So you just have to have, you have to really love what you do and you have to do it for a long period of time and you have to and, and, and you have that level of patience, mm-hmm. but you also just have to be a good person and have a level of talent. If you can marry all those things together... You're a man. You're solid. Just do it. And you know what? If you never become wildly successful at it, you don't have to be right. It's about the journey. It's about, I don't know. Like I I think if you're not concerned with it though, you should be able to become successful. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, and so success can be defined differently too. And this has been a big wake up call for me because I don't know how to say this without sounding really, really bad. Hey, you're allowed to sound <laughs> um, that. <laughs> so I was kind of one of those kids that grew up and constantly was like, you're so smart. You're so smart. You have so much potential. Like, I mean, like literally daily. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's yeah. like, you're, you're, that was intelligence was my like thing. Like that was the thing. People were saying that to you. Girl. Yeah. Okay. I was never like the pretty girl. I was never like, you know, I, there were a lot of things that I wasn't. Sure. And people were very, you know, they love to tell you those things that you're not too. But that was the one thing that I kept going. You have so much potential. And I felt this incredible pressure to be successful. And I don't, and I still am figuring out what that really means. Because Mm -hmm. for me, I thought that meant I go into business. I basically thought that meant I become my dad or what he was at 30. Sure. Right? So where I'm some high flying, like, you know, I make a lot of commission. I do really well in business. You know, I graduate with a a good degree or I do something that's reputable. Not necessarily makes a lot of money, but has a lot of impact. Like, and I've been chasing down these things and none of them have been right. right. Every time I go down those paths, I get lost and I burn out and I end up back at square one, back at the drawing board, trying to figure out and put the pieces of my life back together. And it's, it's frustrating, you know, when you hit that wall time and time again. And it's like how defining that success, though. And then I was talking to a bunch of big group of women the other day. And there was actually the whole thread was tell me like what you want that doesn't fit with what society tells you is successful. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mm-hmm. def- define as successful that, you know, other people will probably look down upon, whether that's being a stay at home mom. And it was just specifically women that they were talking to. And whether that's like 
I, I just really like my retail job and I don't necessarily have designs to be, you know, make lots of money. And I like the balance that I have and I like the small town I live in, you know, things like that. So oh, yeah. it was really like eye opening <laughs> because I feel like I've been so busy chasing everything that I, I hadn't like- stopped to like really reflect on, okay, wait a second this has been wrong in my life for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I with this? And really, what does this mean? And I feel like if you can live comfortably yeah. and you're happy, uh, that's, that's a pretty reasonable exactly. market yeah. for success. You got a roof over your head. And if that's all you want, then so be it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that define success in, in, in different ways. For yeah. example, like healthy, happy kids. Like, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. right, that's great. To me, um, you know, it really, I think there's a there's a, a point of like, what are your dreams and your goals? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's here's an interesting thing, right? What are your dreams and goals? Mm-hmm. What are you good and bad at? Like a, a lot of people feel shitty talking about what they're bad at or oh, what yeah. they're they're yep. right. <laughs> there's really no shame in knowing your weaknesses. You you need yeah. to you need to dude you need you guys we need to address this. We need to address yeah. what our weaknesses are. And what our actual strengths are, uh, man. Having you, weaknesses doesn't make you a bad person. It's just it just means everybody that, like, has recognize them. that. Don't put your time and energy into those things because you're never going to get a return on that. We, like leverage your strengths. Like leverage them. <laughs> leverage we, the fuck out. We of them. all have them. I'll, I'll tell you this right yeah. now. And like I don't care. Like not only that, but you should be proud mm-hmm. of your weaknesses, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm a terrible student. I barely know how to fucking read. I don't know. I've maybe read like a book or two in my entire life. A book, uh, if you put a book, like a 200 page book, it'll take me months to read it because I don't have very strong comprehension. Mm -hmm. I don't have, but I'm also like, if somebody would say, hey, squishy puss, write a book. I tell them to like, that's why I'm not good at writing proposals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want, because I'm not, it's not my strength and I would struggle with it. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing. I'd struggle with it it would slow me down and I would not be able to execute quickly in a competitive nature. Speed is a very, very big part of of, of achieving goals, yeah. right? So I w- it would slow me down. I'm, 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 I don't, I do poorly at things I don't care about, um, but yeah, I just, I, I What's we so need to address those. If you just think about it, like people having RPG classes, mm-hmm. that's, that's just actually the way it is. People, they will excel at one thing and kind of suck at something else. And that's okay. That it defines you in a way. And that is perfectly okay. Well, I grew up for the first, I mean, I'm 37 now. Mm-hmm. I grew up for, and I, and I say this being a hundred percent, like for real, I grew up for the first 25 years of my life thinking I was dumb, like thinking I was low IQ because mm. that's how people treated, treated me yeah. because I wasn't good at reading mm. because I wasn't smart because I didn't get good grades because oh, and I was the, the whole different types of intelligence thing mm-hmm. wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, no. no. And then I was homeless. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm dumb. I have low IQ. And it wasn't until I addressed it mm-hmm. and said, do I really because I see, and and then started like listening to myself and going like, I, I maybe I just don't maybe I just don't fit in yeah with the people yeah. that are telling me this stuff <laughs> yeah and then I was like you know what and once I started going down this road of I'm gonna listen to myself 
And I, then the other thing was, is I started looking at other people that were unhappy with their lives mm-hmm. that were really smart. And I was like, I was like, something's maybe wrong. I'm, ma- something's yeah, not- something's not <laughs> yeah. lining up here. And I had this guy, dude, oh, this is so crazy, dude. I had this guy that I used to work for, uh, we'll work with. Uh, it was one of the first jobs I ever had. He had, um, it was a tape librarian job. I was mm-hmm. 18. It was my first job out of high school. A and tape librarian. Right. So basically this company, they would write uh, computer code. Yeah. Um, that was like, they would just build on top of each other for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so they had to do backups uh, in case like the building burned down or earthquake. So they wouldn't have to redo all this code that they've been doing for years. They could just pop in the tape and then they could start from where they were, um, you know, whatever, like a week ago or whatever. And we had to send them off site and all that kind of shit. This is, this is probably the most boring story I'll ever tell. But uh, <laughs> I actually find you, this really interesting. You had to, oh, really? Okay. Well, you had to pop all these tapes into these containers yeah. and you had to yeah. set them up on the readers so that uh, when they would call for that particular tape, you'd pull it out and whatever, pop it in, it would record, you'd pull them off, you'd send them off site. And the guy that had the job before me, he would put like six in the six rows of these carts or these like little, I don't know how you, what, like bins, like little yeah. whatever, like they would hold like maybe 40 of these tapes or something like that. And he would, he'd line the back row of the machines, maybe six across and the two in the front just to have like, you just pull them off and just pop them in. Well, I was like, well, if I got to do this whole job, like, because in the middle of the day, I was like, well, I got to pull more tapes because they're out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if I got to do this job, why don't I just do it all at the same time? And instead of putting six in the back and two in the front, I'm going to put like 10 in the back and four in the front because there was room for it. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to do the job once. I'm just, well, I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. That guy that taught me how to do this job went off to another department, and he would have to come back into our department occasionally, and was would see that I wasn't doing things the way that he wanted them done. Mm-hmm. And he would go and start pulling the tapes off and putting them back because there were supposed to be six in the back, two in the front. And he would tell me, he "Goes, you're you're doing it wrong." And I was like. What, what what's wrong about it? He goes, it's supposed to be six in the front, two in the back. And because I th- didn't get good grades and because, you know, I have poor reading comprehension, I thought I was dumb and I just didn't understand. I thought I was doing it wrong. When was really there actually a reason no, for it? No. Just it's just the way like he it. wanted it. Uh-huh. It's just the way he wanted it. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Right. That is infuriating. But especially cause it's a waste of space. Right. Yeah. But I thought I was because I was dumb, because yeah. I didn't get good grades, because it was so yeah. important. Mm-hmm. I thought I was dumb and just didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like a dog that like pees on the floor, and you're like, ah, you're screaming. The dog doesn't know. He just he knows you're. Ma-. I'm like, so I thought I was dumb. <laughs> so I think a lot. That's one of my. That's one of my biggest weaknesses. I've been able to turn into a strength where I go, oh, I get this now. Because I've, I've focused on, I've worked on it. And a lot of us don't work on ourselves. Yeah. Which leads you into the good person aspect of yourself, which leads you into like your own path, your journey, your story. And I remember, oh, I was going to say something before about digging shit out of the dumpster. The second thing that I remember from that part of my life, which was... um. I remember when I was homeless mm-hmm. and when I was digging shit out of the dumpster, because at that point I was, you know, past the age of 25 at that point. 
I remember specifically in my brain going, this is part of my story. I remember that being my jewel moment Mm -hmm. where, because she was like selling tapes and whatever CDs or whatever out of the back of her car. I remember that being like, this is going to be part of my story where I can tell people like once I've achieved this, this goal, this thing that I want to do, I don't know. I didn't know what it was yet. I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I do know that I want to do something big. I want to accomplish something. I want to be proud of a giant achievement. This is going to be the back when I was this and now I'm this. Yeah. Your montage. (laughs) I use, yeah, I use that. Like, yeah, if there's a movie about my life, like that's That's going to be in there (laughs) and that's going to be part of what people go. Wow. That's, that's, that's the, that was the wow moment. Shows the tenacity and the dedication to like rebuilding yourself constantly. Right. Same thing. Looking, looking, getting, going in and, and, and dumpster diving and and finding shit. And I was, I said the same thing. This is, this is part of my story. This is my, Mm -hmm. this is one of my moments. And, um, a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of people get caught up in the, the moment, yeah. the, the, the poor, oh, poor me. Mm -hmm moment and look we're we're allowed to feel sorry for ourselves but we also owe it to ourselves to do something kick in the ass do something about it man and that's that's part of what's actually give reignite is like the self of this i've refound another i found another purpose in life Mm -hmm. and that's and i feel like and i don't want to say that i want to give back because that in that says that I've taken something. Yeah. I just want to give this, this thing of, look, I get it. You're in a shitty place. Like I want to, I, I want to tell you what I've learned in the last 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I inspire people to do like rad shit. Hopefully. I mean, you're inspiring the hell out of me right good. now. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel I've re I've I found another purpose in life, which yeah. is like to hopefully inspire people mm-hmm. and motivate and help. Like again, just yeah, just your help. Art is really your yeah. community, is your people, yeah, your tribe, your tribe. Love it. If you follow all those, I, <laughs> it sounds like you do. Kind, kind of. <laughs> um, I kind of pay attention, but yeah. then, but I just, I just, I recognize more the feeling, you know. Uh, like I get, I like just in a couple times during this conversation, just like I got chills just mm-hmm. talking about certain things. Yeah. That. Like your tribe, your culture, your whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Like, that's great. But like, really, it's just about that, that feeling. feeling yeah. And I know. And and yeah. It's that like, I'm in the right place at the right time right now. Yeah. With the right people. Yeah. With the. Yeah. It's fucking important, man. Dude, that's. For I, sure. I feel like I live for that. Like, I that's it. it. That is the driving force for me. For sure. So great. And this is like super, super poignant for me because of just like where I'm at. I like personally relate to this and I this may be sure. off the record yeah. for me but like seriously like this is like hitting home like you wouldn't believe you know and like talking about your weaknesses and stuff like that like my my new CEO I've been like super like just sucking at this job right I came in and everybody was like so pumped for me like they thought it was gonna be awesome like everybody's like oh man you're gonna hit this so fast and I like but I've had these like epiphanies of like I don't do certain things very well, you know? And it's like, they constantly, it's it's the message all the time of like, you're the smartest one here. Like, I have people tell me that. And I'm like, first of all, it's bullshit. Second of all, like, <laughs> thank you. But like, I'm not good at certain things and I'm not good at processes. I'm not good at structure. I'm not good at repeating the same thing every day. Like, those mm-hmm. are not my strengths. And those are the things that kill me. And it's the thing that makes you successful in this job. And I just hit this point of like, 
fuck. Like I can't, I don't know if I can do anything. Like if I can't do these things, but like. The point of fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And then, I mean, I do think there's a certain degree that like you have to build yourself in those areas, right? Like if you're going to be successful in anything, if you're building anything, you have to have some kind of routine and not every day can be you putting out fires, you know? Right. You have to have a long-term strategy, which is again, not my strength. (laughs) So... Like, it's been such a wake-up call. Sure. You know? I yeah, know. I mean, and hopefully, you know, yeah. you take all that the bad stuff and you learn something awesome and you, you got to spin that stuff into a positive, yeah. like, way of going, like, okay, like, look, you got to take inventory. What worked and what didn't? What do yeah. I like? Dude, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you this. There is a ton of shit that I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, like, I'm... I, I don't even, it's so dumb. I don't refer to myself as an artist. I refer to myself as, like, a contractor. That's what I am. Like... Yeah. You do like At the end of the day, like I do, I do, you know, like I'm, I'm getting ready to do a, uh, uh, a project with the Atlanta Braves and Comcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're contracting me for a job. I mean, yeah, I'm doing art, but like, I also occasionally will get somebody to go, Hey man, can you edit my video for, I'm like, yeah. sure. Cause I, cause I know how to do a bunch You're of stuff. Yeah. Right. So, Hey man, can you paint a mural? Sure. Like I, I just, I'm taking whatever I can at the moment because like, that's what I'm doing to, to survive. And a lot of times like that's where the 12 to 15 hour days Cause I got all, yeah, but there's a lot of shit that I don't like to do that I have to do myself because Mm -hmm. I know long term that's where the payoff is because it's all going back to benefit me. Like, like I don't like, I don't particularly like video editing. So I, I do the least amount as possible. And that's why like I do my podcast and I do like all my shit one shot. I'm just like, boom, like people have like, Hey, we got to get up. I got to, I got to use the bathroom. I'm like go use the bathroom. I'll just talk for like five minutes. while I use the bathroom. Like, cause I don't want to edit that <laughs> shit down, man. Yeah. You know, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but if somebody wants to approach me for like a thousand bucks to edit their five minute video, I'm like, sure. <laughs> like I'm not going to, but I don't like doing it. But yeah. at the end of the day, like I have a lot of things that I want to do with myself. Like, uh, but I'm doing them now because it gives me control. And because it benefits me. Yeah. And so, and I know the big picture. Like, I know what it looks like long term. Uh, so, yeah, I can, you know what? I could, I could pay somebody to come in and, like, shoot my podcast and and, and, and edit the stuff. and but all. you want to know at least enough, right? The biggest problem is this. There, I, I do like that because you want to know the inner workings. Yeah. But um, speed. Yeah. Going back to speed. Mm. If I... I can pay somebody to edit my shit and do all my crap. The problem is, is like speed. A lot of people just, Don't do they got enough. girlfriends. They want to watch TV. They'll find some time for blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, not me. Yep. I, I play, I play an hour of video games. I allow myself an hour of video games a night and, or one movie a night while I'm falling asleep. And like, other than that, it's work, man. I'm working all fucking day and I don't have it I you know my, my friend group we all work real hard you know so we we see each other and we come together on projects no girlfriend no none of that shit, nothing to slow me down so I'm just like when I shoot a video I'm like the next day I'm like is it done yet and they're like no I'm like give it to me I'll get it done yeah, I'll let, me, let me knock it out <laughs> right so this has been a thorn in the side of everyone I work with right I'm so impatient I'm like let's yep. go let's go let's go it's, it gotta comes, be done yesterday it's, got, it's about being the most impatient patient person yeah. you can be like it needs to get done yeah. now because every day someone's putting out something mm-hmm. and it, 
if you can, if you're working on something that's going to take you six months to do, like you're, you're six months behind. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I understand there's a, there's a certain amount of quality that can go into something that's fucking great. But like working on something one hour a day for 10 days versus just getting it done in 10, 10 hours in one day is the way to go. Right. So just get it done. So yeah. So honestly, and one thing I've had to learn too, and this is like, I think incredibly important when you have that mentality of like, it doesn't have to be perfect, Mm -hmm. but it does have to be done. Like, you know, you want it to be good. Right. There's a threshold, there's a balance, but like, you don't have to be sit there and meticulous and obsess over it. It's better being out there because if you still have it and you're sitting on it, there's no chance of it being successful. You know, no matter how perfect right. it is, you have to get it done and out, done I, and out. I've know? heard, you know, the thing is, is like a lot of these like YouTubers and like, you know, whatever. I mean, they're, they're shooting shit on their cell phones. Yeah. Like it doesn't like when I show up and I'm like, yeah, I got my cell phone. I want to record some stuff. They're like, really? I'm like, it shoots in 1080. Like <laughs> you, YouTube 720. Like what? Like, I don't like, you know, whatever. But somebody, I don't remember where I got this, uh, this thing at somebody said something and I was like, oh, it makes sense. It's like there's there's two kind of two types of people in life. There are the people that like if you're if you're if you're gonna run a, if you're gonna uh, run a race, do you run drive a race? How if you're in a car, do you drive? I get I don't know if you're gonna be in a race. <laughs> I don't know. Participate in the race. <laughs> sure, participate, participate in, in a race, race, and you're in a car. Do you want to be the person that that sits in the garage, builds builds the perfect car, and you know? and kind of like dreams about the race or do you want to be the person that just gets a car and just starts racing and just fix shit along the way? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get there first? Yeah. You know, a lot of times the people now that's a for, for debate, but what I find more times than not is that the people that usually sit in the garage and build the perfect car and dream about the race never actually race. They're more concerned with just building the car, which is fine. If that's what which you is, love, yeah. do it. But, but you don't have to be in the, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't yeah. have to build the, you don't have yeah. to be in the race either. Yeah. But you know, but a lot of times I think going back to it is like, if you're yeah. dreaming about the race, you got, you got to figure out where your priorities yeah. line up. Like, what, what, do you want, what do you want to do? That is your actual end goal. Right. You got to right. figure it out. But like, it also, but if, if winning the race is, is your goal, speed and just doing because over time when you make mistakes you'll fix them mm-hmm. and then in 10 years you'll have the perfect thing as opposed to like i i um I had this friend she wanted to do terrariums i was like what do you like what like what do you want to do with like what cuz she hated her job she she worked as like a as a vet yeah or not not as a vet as a vet assistant like vet, the person yeah, that books yeah. books appointment or what books appointments or whatever she would just come home like complaining about it every day and I was like hey man I'm like like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what would make you happy? She's like, I'd really love to do something with terrariums. And I was like, let's do it. She goes, it's not ready. It's not ready. And I'm like, it's never. And, and to this day, like I, she, that was four years ago. She's never done anything with terrariums. And she, I'm like, it'll never be ready. You're, you're going to keep finding the, oh, just this is the one more perfect thing. And this is the, I'm like, who cares? Just put some shit out there. Just, we said it already. If you, if you do shit, if you do bad shit, you know, bad shit times X amount of years equals amazing crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the, throw ma- it up on Etsy for last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just get Sell good it at cheap. it. Just- that, that's what I loved about free art Friday. Yeah. Free art Friday was like, that's kind of the, yes. 
I wasn't good at art. I mean, and there's a lot of good people that are doing stuff in yeah. Free Art Friday. But there like are a lot of people who are just starting out too. But yeah. it's a great community just mm-hmm. for just doing artwork and figuring yourself out in that world and just being able to give it away. I'm actually going to do an explainer video uh, probably today about like how to price artwork. And one of the big things is like, oh, that was a big question on your oh, your live stream. Yeah, today, is yeah. is if you don't know how to price your artwork, like like you know, if you're not selling artwork. You, you give it away. It's free until somebody offers you $5. And then when somebody offers you $5, that's your price for selling artwork, five bucks. Most times people want to like start doing art. They're like, oh, I got to I gotta make it expensive or else people are going to think it's not good. And I'm like, I've mm-hmm. definitely seen that sentiment floating right. around. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'd much rather sell mine. There's a lot of people out there that have been doing art for like a year or whatever that are selling their things for like five and six hundred dollars and they're not and they don't I don't see them sell versus mine is like a hundred bucks and mine sell. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. Like I want to keep it moving. Like because I wanna I wanna like because if it's gonna sit in my studio, There's I'm gonna I'm gonna look back on it in two years and go, Oh, that wasn't that good anyway. Like that was or whatever, like I'll never sell that now. Cause also, some, like realistically, most people aren't gonna be able to just drop six hundo on some art. You got to know your audience, yeah. right? And I know my audience, right? So yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah. like, uh, I don't know why I start talking about that, but oh, about just doing, just yeah, doing, getting rid of it. Don't and really, what it comes down to is like, don't have a big ego. Mm-hmm. Like the like a lot. There's a lot of people that are going like, you know, I don't understand why people give a shit about what Ray's doing. Like going back to the the whole like uh, Tim and Gertrude, yeah, Tim and Gertrude conversation. Yeah. It's just like, cause I don't have an ego. Like, I don't, you're just doing it I don't you, you mind. Like it. Yeah. Cause I like yeah. doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an ego about like, yeah. Oh, well they're not going to pay me for that. Like, look, if you're taking $10 to the door yeah. and you want me to come and pay, if you want me to paint a mural and you're going to take $10 to the door, like, yeah, I should probably get paid. But like if, if it, but I ask people to do things for free all the time because I'm doing it for free. Like it's a yeah. community thing. So it's like, but I have no ego about it. Like I'll hmm. do free stuff. I'll give out free stuff. I don't care. My ego is zero. Um, I don't think anybody should give a shit about me just because it's, been... it's interesting too. Because like you do come off as kind of cocky, but like oh yeah, <laughs> I mean like but I think it's confidence like it versus yeah. But, yeah, but you, right. You, but it balances out in that like your heart is really in the right place. Right. Like it's I think that there's a balance, right? Like you're so not a shit like, about it. Is what's important. <laughs> I'm com- I know who I am. Yeah, I know who there's I am. I'm com- I'm comfortable yeah. on that and. I'm also comfortable in the fact that like, I know that people don't, the reason I'm a big believer in contradictions is where beauty lies, (laughs) right? I have a very, I have, I'm very cocky in the sense that I'm secure in who I am. I thought you were going to be like, boom, no, (laughs) I'm very cocky in the sense that like, I know who I am. I know what makes me feel comfortable. I'm very, um, I'm just very comfortable in who I am. I know the right path forward mm-hmm. for myself. I figured that out. And I think I've found that through all of my failures. And which is why I tell people, like, if you don't know what you want to do, you haven't found that you haven't failed enough. Mm-hmm. You start, you need to start eating shit and failing more to, yeah. to figure that out. But I'm also very like humble in the sense that I have zero ego. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind doing projects for free or I don't get bummed when somebody else gets something like a mural gig or I don't get shitty when somebody's like, I don't know. I've never, I don't know who you are. I'm like, that's awesome. Like this isn't a, this is an opportunity for me to educate you. Mm-hmm. Like, but because of those two things, when they come together, I think that's where like the magic happens. Like 
being extremely patient while being extremely not patient. There's <laughs> really, really fast to wait. <laughs> right. Those th- those two things, like those yeah. contradictions, mm-hmm. if you understand the contradiction, that's where the magic happens. And um, I think it is, yeah. and to your point though, I think you bring up something really interesting that I find I think is a good takeaway. It's like the impatient patient thing is actually, I think, real because you're being patient about things taking off in a certain way, but you're you're being impatient in that you're always moving. You're always yeah. doing the next thing. So mm-hmm. it's easier to be patient about the long game when you're keeping yourself, when you're keeping the momentum. The Absolutely. You're not just like doing something and then taking a, you know, a year break. Like it's... <sighs> That's, I think that yeah. right there, that is the beauty in what yep, you're doing. For sure. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to recognize those contradictions. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean like we, we all, we all got our shit. We all got our, our issues, but like, I'm very much like, like we were, we were talking at the beginning of this. It's like, you know, be honest. And I'm like, Oh, you'll have no problem with me being honest. <laughs> like I'm fully like a hundred percent. Yo, I'm not good at these things, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what, Look, not to get real cheesy and sentimental and, and dumb or whatever. Do it. Isn't that what makes us like awesome? Yeah. Like our individuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're awesome at things and you're yeah. you suck at things. You're great at things and you suck at things. <laughs> but uh, same with me. Like, but that's what makes you fucking awesome. And that's what can yeah. also make this thing work. Is it like you're gonna have strengths and you're and, and your strengths are gonna be well. different and you guys come together and you're like, hey, look, we're comp. Dude, that's beautiful. I think more people need to stop being ashamed about what they're not good yeah. at. This is how you form the RPG the, the, party. Yeah, isn't it great though? Like these things, like it's a form of therapy, man. You gotta it, have your healer. You gotta have the DPS. <laughs> it's just how we do things. <laughs> yes, you gotta assemble your team. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So yeah, I think uh, you know, not being ashamed about what mm-hmm. you're bad at is is uh, is important. It's it's good. So yeah. yeah. So I think this is a good time to wrap up sure. segment one. I still have some other questions. And this is my idea is that I want to kind of in this section here um, yeah. and then kind of jump into some other questions about some of the other aspects of your career and what you're doing. Sure. Um, in like a little second part two. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Great. Cool. So on that note, be sure to check out the YDKM podcast website. That's YDKMpodcast.com. We are going to have a companion blog to go with Squishy Puss's episode and all of his cool work and what he's working on now. Um, do you want to plug anything else that you're working on at the moment? Uh, I mean, the the big thing that I'm working on now is my my podcast, which is um, Hellions, which is uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. There's Check a vi- there's a vi- there's a video version, and you can find it on the iTunes Store. But it's um, if you do it, I'm actually gonna start doing a lot more explainer videos and stuff like that too for that. Cool. So um, like how to how to artwork kind of things. So uh, how to artwork? Yeah, how to artwork. <laughs> uh, YouTube.com uh, forward slash Squishy Puss is where you find that. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So, so yeah, definitely look up those things. There's going to be a lot and follow us social media everywhere. YDKM podcast. And obviously you can download us pretty much anywhere. So be sure to get those five star ratings in on whatever your podcast store has. <laughs> yeah. We definitely want to hear shout outs. <laughs> and on that note, I'm your host Veeps. I'm your co-host Medusa. And I'm your guest Squishy Puss. And you don't know me. 